Hallelujah. Uh, bow your heads with me in prayer. Father God, we just thank you. For, I thank you for this opportunity and privilege. Father God, in great responsibility to to preach your word, Father God. And and Father God, I just pray that this that that, that this word, Father God, is is uh, this word of truth is planted into good soil, Father God, that it might bear much fruit uh, for everyone here, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm going to start today in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And over the coming weeks, I'm going to be going over, I'm going to be doing a series, uh, pretty much an Armor of God series. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited about uh, the truths to be unveiled in that. Uh, today, uh, I'm not going to really be going over the armor, the various pieces of the armor of God. I feel like God wants me to emphasize something that he really wants to pull out of this, uh, a truth he wants to give us to add proper context before we go on into dealing with the armor of God. Amen? All right. And it starts off in uh, chapter 6, verse 10. That's pretty much all I want to focus on from that, from that chapter today. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And that's pretty much the title of the day's message. Be strong in the strength of his might. Paul has done, all throughout Ephesians, Paul has covered a lot of ground. He's told us that we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. He's told us that we were predestined for adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Christ Jesus. That we have redemption in his blood, that we have an inheritance that we've been predestined to in Christ Jesus. An inheritance that the Holy Spirit is a seal unto that day of redemption. All these things are just awesome. Then he goes into chapter 2 and he says, by grace you have been saved. Through faith. It's not of works. You couldn't earn your way into this. It's the gift of God. And he told us that at one point there was Jew and Gentile and there was a separation between the two. But he's brought us into one body in Christ and reconciled us to God, both Jew and Gentile. Amen? At one point that was a mystery in the gospel. We talked about that in Bible study, but it's been revealed that it was always God's intent to bring salvation to the Gentiles as well as the Jews. Amen? He goes on in chapter 4 and he stresses the unity of the body of Christ. One God, one faith, one spirit, one baptism. He tells us to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. He's going through a litany of things that's important and why is it important? God doesn't just want us saved. He wants, he, he has a purpose and a plan that he wants us to fulfill. 
Okay? Now, having become saved, now what do we do? How do we conduct ourselves in this salvation that we've been given? This salvation that we have. How do we bring forth the kingdom that is alive in us? Are you hearing me? And so this letter is to believers. He's not talking to unbelievers. It's to believers. He's given all these instructions to. So he stresses unity in the body of Christ. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm going through, I'm just trying to do a brief outline of some of the chapters, the previous chapters before we get into verse six and or chapter six. So in chapter four, he stresses unity of the body of Christ. And then Paul exhorts us to grow up in every way. And to conduct ourselves, not as we did before we knew Christ, but in a manner that follows the example of Christ. And that's important for us today. Because the world needs Christians to, to, to be living examples of what Christ looked like. Of who Christ is and what he's about. We have to, every day, the way we conduct ourselves, the way we talk, the way we act, we're sending a message. We're preaching a message whether we intend to or not. And we'll either, so, we'll either preach a message of the flesh or we'll preach a message through our conduct that speaks to the glory of Christ. Are you hearing me? And so this is what Paul, but Paul is saying, hey, there's a standard here. All right, there, there is a standard of behavior. There's a standard of conduct that you have a responsibility toward as believers in Christ. And so I challenge you, as I am challenged myself, to live up to that standard of Christ, to follow after the example of him. We are followers of him. We don't just believe in him. We're followers of him. Are you hearing me? He goes on in chapter 5, tells us that now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. A very familiar passage out of Ephesians 5 is, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. And he encourages us to not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And he touches, I apologize if, you know, we're rehashing some things that some of you know I've preached over the past uh, number of weeks. But. It's no accidents and it's not by happenstance that he deals with some very intimate and very personal issues. He deals with parental and child relationship. Children, obey your parents. Honor them. He deals with the marital relationship, the most intimate of relationships. Husbands, love your wives. 
Well, how do I do that? What does that look like? Okay, look at how Christ loved the church. That's how you're supposed to love your wife. Okay, wives, respect your husbands. He's speaking to these things. And he, and then he begins to sum all this stuff up right here in verse 10 where he says, finally, I'm going to put the cherry on the top of all this. I want you to be strong, not in yourself, but I want you to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. And I felt like we needed to park here for a little bit. And I feel like we need to revert back to something he said earlier in chapter 1. So I want you all to go to chapter 1, verse 15, is where we're going to start. As we delve a little bit deeper into this concept of this mighty power that he's telling us to be strong in. And in doing so, I hope to add what I believe to be critically important context. Now, Paul prayed to God and he says in verse 15, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. God wants you to know him. Amen. Now, not, not just about him, not just what the scripture says about him, but he wants you to know him experientially. He wants you to experience his presence, his power. He wants you to experience his grace and his strength in your life, day by day by day. So he wants God to give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he's called you. That's one thing. And what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? That sounds like Ephesians 6 verse 10. I didn't hear an amen, but I'll amen myself in this one. That sounds a lot like Ephesians 6.10, and this is what Paul wants them to know. He said, hey, you guys are believers, but there are some things that you don't quite have a, the revelation of, that I'm praying to God that you get a hold of these things. I'm praying to God that you get, that you come to grasp the depth and width and height of certain truths that pertain to the kingdom of God. Are you hearing me? And, he, and the things that he points out, that you may know what is the hope to which you have, he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ 
when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things. He gave them to us. <laughs> gave him as head over all things to the church. Which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. You know, it reminded me of the scripture that says that, that, that uh, in Christ dwelt the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. He said, you see me, you've seen the Father. Don't you know, in the church should to dwell the fullness of him who fills all in all? Hmm, people are thinking out there. But the church, is, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The same power that was at work in Christ should be at work through the body of Christ. The same impact that Christ had, we should be able to continue and walk in that and, and have that impact in this generation, in this time, in his name. Amen? So, so, so I don't want to hear anything about what I can't do. Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I don't want to hear anything about what I won't do. Because he's not only your savior, he is your Lord. And if your Lord says do, then we do. Amen? Wow. And then he goes on. <laughs> I am going to have to get there. I didn't paste the next verses into my notes. So please bear with me. Uh, Ephesians 1, going on to verse 20. So, uh, verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the age to come. I guess I did paste everything. So. All right. Hey, I'm a flawed individual. God is good. Amen. Oh, hey, don't be, don't be too, don't. <laughs> I wasn't wanting amen right there, brother. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just having a little fun with you. Amen. God is still great enough to use us despite our flaws. Amen. So. Let's go a little bit deeper into some of these verses. 
we're going to talk about this greatness that was alluded to, this, this, this mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in the power and the strength of his might. What is he talking about there? That strength and that might of God is, is, is in this, is in these passages. Verse 20. It is the might of God that worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That's the might we're talking about. The might and power of God that can raise the dead. Are you hearing me? All right. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Now we're talking about what verse 19 said, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he one way raised him from the dead. That's might. That's the power of God. Two seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Three, he placed him far above all rule, verse 21, and authority. All rule and authority and power and dominion. And he placed him above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. There isn't a name that can be named that Christ isn't above, exalted above. And God is mighty enough to have exalted him to that exalted and high place. Are you hearing me? And I love that not only in this age, but in the one to come. And this might and power of God, he enabled him to put all things under his feet, made everything subject to him, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, now think about that. First Corinthians 15 verses 54 through 57. We got that up there. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He took away the, he took away death's victory. He took away the sting of death. Because, yes, do we die? Yeah, we'll die here on earth, but, but, but we'll live for eternity in Christ, in heaven with him. So while this appointed unto everyone to die, the sting of it is gone. Because our Lord and Savior has conquered death. He rose from the dead and he dies no more. Amen? 
And so he's able to save to the utmost. He's able to give us eternal life where death doesn't have any power over us forever and ever and ever. Amen? Boy, that's some mighty power right there. That is some mighty power. Ephesians 2, verse 6. You know, the same, by the same might where God seated Christ at his right hand, it says that he's raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And in Colossians 2.15, I love this one. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing them, triumphing over them in him. And we're not, we're not just talking about manly authorities. We're talking about spiritual demonic authorities that he triumphed over them through the cross. In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And so I felt like we needed to spend this Sunday just focusing on that, his might, his mighty power, just to, just to really think about and dwell on and, 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 and just to really perceive to the best that we can what all that represents. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the blood. Right? There's power in the word of God. There's power in his spirit. And do you know that same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in us? We are powerful in Jesus' name. In him we are. I I don't have much power in myself. But in him, I can be strong in him. I can be strong in his, in the strength of his might. So I wanted to encourage you with that this morning. And I wanted to challenge you in that way. Uh, Philippians 2 verse 13 is the final scripture that I have. But I felt like it kind of sums things up pretty well. It says, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Another translation says, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God at work in you. You know what? I I believe we need to recognize that mighty power that's at work in us. When, 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 when we are told to work out our soul salvation with fear and trembling, I mean, what, what does that mean? Work it out. We're not trying to earn salvation. We've already been gifted that. 
but work it out. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, he's like, okay, you've got this salvation. You've received this salvation of the Lord. You've got some growing to do. There is a purpose and plan of God in you. There is a call of God on your life. And you're going to have to work your way toward that. You're going to have to take it seriously enough. One, you're just going to have to have a reverent fear of God and his will in your life. You got to have a reverent fear. You know what? I've been, I've entered into this salvation and my life is not my own. God saved me for a purpose. There is, in that purpose, I will find what it is and I will do all that is in me to realize that purpose and to walk in that purpose in, 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 in this generation that he's called me to. I, 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 I take this seriously, Lord. I am seeking what your call is on my life. And I'm going to draw near unto you. I'm going to get in your word every day. I'm going to get before you in prayer. I'm going to seek your face every day. I'm not going to be casual about this thing. I'm going to be serious about it. Because I want at the end of my days to hear that well done, that good and faithful servant. I want to know that I have pleased the heart of my master. That I have pleased the heart of the one who has saved my soul and given me so great a salvation as this. And I can do it in the strength of his might. It's, it's not unattainable. No, no, no. My God's more powerful than that. I, I, I'm not going to walk in doubt, fear, and unbelief because, because I can trust in my God. I, I, I'm not going to doubt his ability to fully do in and through me, what he intends to do. Amen? Yes, I can screw it up. I, I, I can make mistakes and so forth. But you know what? The power and might of my God, he can, he can somehow work it out for my good. So there is no weakness. There is no flaw too great for him to overcome and fully accomplish his will in my life. Are you hearing that? I hope you are hearing that. You are full and well able to fulfill and accomplish what God has called you to. Even if the thing he calls you to, especially, but even if the thing he's called you to is, is, is far beyond what you perceive yourself capable of. It's not about your strength or your weakness and inability. It is about his power, his might, his strength to do what he wills to do and to use you to bring it to pass. Amen? And so I just want to encourage you and I want to challenge your thinking. Okay? Let's not, like we don't walk anymore in the things that we walked in the way that we behaved when we were in the world now we've been saved we've now we now we have a, a holy and righteous calling that we need to walk after the example of Christ Jesus we also need to think after the example of Christ Jesus and begin to see ourselves for who we are see ourselves as the children of God 
to see ourselves as followers of Christ. And, and he said, greater than things than this shall you do. Because I go to be with the Father and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And so why would he say that if you are not capable of doing those things in him, in his strength, in his mighty power? Amen? So you have power. God gave him who's head over all things to us. We have something the devil doesn't have. We have him. Amen? We have Christ. Amen? We have the ability to know these things that, in, that, that, that the devil will never know. The devil, he, he knows who God is, but he can't know him like you and I can. You know, it's like, you know what? I can, I can read the ingredients and I can read and figure out what biscuits and gravy are, but until I eat some, I don't really know what biscuits and gravy taste like. And so, so, so he can't know him like we do. All right. That, that he, he doesn't know anything about the hope that God has called us to or the riches of his glorious inheritance that we have as saints of God. He, we, we have access to the one who made an open spectacle of him, the one who triumphed over him through the cross. So the devil is subject to us in his name. Amen. So, so, we need to be pressing into God and finding God's will for our life because the devil has nothing in us. As long as we know God's will for our lives and we're walking in that will and we're walking in the knowledge of him and we're walking in faith, the devil is a toothless lion that is powerless against us. Amen? Because we possess a mighty power. Hallelujah. <laughs> We possess a mighty power in Christ Jesus that the devil cannot counter. The devil cannot fight against and he certainly cannot overcome. Are you hearing me? So are you where you want to be? Are you where you need to be? Probably not. Maybe you, God's been dealing with you in a certain area and, and you had a relapse last night or early this morning on the way to church. <laughs> and while it is evidence that the work is not quite done yet, don't let it lie to you. God is still working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And uh, he who has begun that good work in you will complete it. Amen? It will be complete. You will fulfill what God has purposed in your life and what God has called you to if you believe and do not doubt. If you do not 
grab a hold of and accept the lies that the devil throws out there and just hopes you believe. There is a power resident in you and available to you in Christ that is immeasurable, that is unconquerable. (laughs) That is incapable of failure. And that will do what God, what God has purposed and willed to do. Do you believe that this morning? So I want to encourage you with it. I'm not going to get into, I debated about it. I'm not getting into armor today. This is what was needed today. And then once we, now that we know that we can be strong in his mighty power and and what that mighty power, we've looked at certain aspects of that mighty power. I feel like we can then have proper context as to what that means as we then get into the specific parts of the armor that God wants us to put on so that we're able to stand against the in this evil day what the enemy is coming against us with. Because, you know what, I want you to know, I always sound like I'm about to wrap up and I, I keep going, I, I'm sorry. I want you to, <laughs> it, it just comes out, I'm sorry. But I want you to know, in, in the church, we really need to get this, the truth of this. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. <laughs> All right? It is not against flesh and blood. There, 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 are, there are powers in the spiritual realm. There are spiritual authorities and powers that are at work. And, 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 and those powers will attack and try to fight back the influence of the church. And they'll try to attack us and, and, and get us to, to back off and, and to be full of fear so that we don't go boldly and courageously into the things of God to, 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 to go into the darkness that is in this world and to bring them out into God's marvelous light. The enemy wants to intimidate us into not being who we've been called to be. And we cannot let him be successful in that. The only way he can succeed is to dupe us into believing something other than the truth. That's the only way. And so, so I want us to begin to even look beyond individual. There are some people who are part of the, part of the antichrist agenda that wants to squash the influence of the church. But how many of you know those people are not the authority at work? There are demonic powers and authority at work beyond them. So, and we have to fight those authorities and those powers and really claim the victory that Christ has already been won. We have to walk in the victory he's already given us while still having hearts of compassion and wisdom and and, and so forth to be able to win the deceived hearts of those who are under, under the influence of the enemy right now in darkness. Amen. And so, and so, so we've got to be able to do both things. There is an evil at work. 
and the carnal mind cannot understand it. The carnal mind is a slave to the enemy. But those of us who are enlightened, we can bring the light of God's gospel, the light of truth. If we are looking at the who the real enemy is, <laughs> we can begin to take authority over him and begin to break his hold on people's minds long enough for them to hear the gospel and respond. Amen? And so, 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 so let's not let the devil move the target for us or move the goalposts and have us focusing our attention on just, just evil individuals because and, 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 he doesn't want our attention on him. Y'all don't want the devil anywhere in still water. Amen? That, 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 that fool has got to go. Amen? And so I want us to target him and I want to take back every bit of ground that he's possessed and, 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 and I want this to be a beacon for the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. That, that, that just reverberates throughout, <laughs> throughout not only this county, this state, this country, but the world. Amen. And I just pray the same thing happens in every church throughout, throughout this world. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we just overcome. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to ask you all to stand. Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for, we, we, we thank you for the gospel. And Father God, we thank you for this mighty power, the mighty strength, that you are omnipotent, that you are a God that is all-powerful. Hallelujah. So powerful and so mighty. Hallelujah. That, that you were able to raise Jesus from the dead. So mighty, so powerful that you were able to exalt him and give him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. So mighty, so powerful that you've exalted him and seated him at your right hand. Hallelujah. So powerful that you were able to rescue us, to redeem us, to save us from sin and death, from the power of the enemy of our souls. You were able to break that power. You were able to break him, strip him of all of his authority. And you're so mighty and so powerful that in, in redeeming us, you then gave us power and authority over the one who once possessed our souls. Hallelujah. Father, we just give you glory and praise. And I just pray, Father God, that these truths just become real and, and, and alive, that we awaken to this, to this truth, Father God, so that we can awaken to the possibilities to our own of, of what we can do in Christ. Oh, God, give us an understanding and revelation that we can understand these things. Father, you're wonderful. You are amazing. And we love you. And Father God, I just pray that every person here today 
If they know what their calling is in you, Father God, then praise God. I just speak a blessing on them, Father God, and your continued grace and continued wisdom, Father God, and they continue to even uh, to, to walk in the strength of your mighty power in, in fully accomplishing what you've called them to. But if they don't yet know what your call is on their lives, Father God, I pray that they begin that they begin to take to heart what I said earlier. Take this thing seriously. That, that, that there's no, I'm too busy to pray. I got too much going on. There's no, uh, 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 um, uh, I, I, I read the word of God every once in a while, whenever I can work it in. No, that it becomes a priority for them to seek your face because they want to know you. Hallelujah. They want to know you. <clears throat> in the power of your resurrection, and in the fellowship of your sufferings. They want to know you. They want to hear your voice. They want to get into your word. They want to study to show themselves approved unto God, workmen that need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Hallelujah. They want to know what it is your purpose and will for them is, so that they can enter into it, Father God, and walk with you in it, and obey you in it, for your glory. And so, Father God, I just pray that they will come into that place where they're pressing into your word, they're pressing into your presence through prayer and, and fellowshipping with you, Lord, in quiet time, and, and, and that they're opening themselves up, Father God, for you to speak authoritatively into their lives and for you to lead them and guide them according to your own purpose and will, that there would not be a spirit of rebellion that says, I will not do this or or I'm not comfortable doing that but only the only thing that will matter is if they're hearing the voice of the Lord their God and whatever and, and if they can be assured that that's who they're hearing then whatever he says they will do so may your will and your purpose Father God be realized in everyone present Father in Jesus name I pray Amen